0: Welcome to the PharmaSource Podcast. On today's episode, I speak to Ruchal Shah, who's Deputy General Manager at Amnil Pharmaceuticals, where he's responsible for strategic sourcing and supply management. Ruchal's been at Amnil for 18 years, both in the US and India, and has been an important part of their growth story, from just three products to over 350 and has been part of a team in logistics and procurement that's had to scale from being just three people to now over 70. He spoke to me about that experience, his reflections on the market, and what strategies he's putting in place to manage costs during this period of high global inflation. Xiao, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thank you. Really great to see you.
1: Well, absolutely. Thank you, Luke, for taking time. It's been a pleasure uh, to be on the platform. And like a person like me is always ready to explore new things. So this is something with the technology, it's always good to elevate yourself, Mm. you know, like coming up on a pharma platform, interacting with the uh, different uh, industry people.
0: So you're deputy general manager at Amelia, somewhere where you've been for the last 18 years, working both in the US and in India. Um, Yeah. I'm sure there's been a lot of change over the last 18 years at a company that's been growing at the rate that Amnil has. Could you just tell us about that, please? What's that been like growing along with the company?
1: About Amnil, if we talk about it, it's been a great roller coaster journey for me uh, because back then we're talking about the Amnil started back in 2002. Mm. Uh, You know, on just uh, this scale of this room size where the company founders had no idea how they're going to, you know, take it further. It, it came from the passion, uh, from the leaders. The company's founders are uh, Chintu and Chidak Patel. Uh, they are Indians. And then they, with the family, they shifted in 1990s, uh, just with no dreams, no particular vision, because they all were studying and, and they just wanted to go for your, their, um, you know, the, for further bachelor's degree or something. Mm -hmm. But then they ended up being pharmacists and that's where the thought came into their mind, specifically being in US, the medicines for the senior citizens has been challenging those days. You know, either they can go for a food or they buy the medicines. Uh, Because of that limited, uh, you know, the government uh, funding, which they used to get it on a monthly basis. So uh, Chintu was working in one of the pharmacies and they realized that sometimes uh, the patients come say that, if you can help me to get some free medicines uh, something like that you know and that's the thought uh, you know he got it that something like this is definitely he wished to do it in future that's how the thought of Emnil came to his mind uh, and then he started exploring uh, because Pharmaceutical business that too in a regulated market like US is heck of a game. You know, <laughs> you 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 have to be financially strong. A lot of things like and and he had honestly, to be very honest, he had no idea to uh, from where to start. But then a group of people around five or six people with the family they just started something on a very small scale on an analytical front. They established a small lab uh, from there. The journey started on uh, so they they kept on working on those things with this the team size increased from five to 10 10 to 15 till t- 2004 nobody was getting paychecks. everything mm-hmm. what you do was just a charity you had no idea where this is going to land you know uh, but yeah as we always say that you know when you have a passion of doing something it takes its own time but it does happen then. In India, it came like late 2009. Uh, you know, after a successful journey of you, ANDAs got approved by the FDA. They acquired a couple of companies in US in between 2004 to 2009. Then, you know, obviously cost is one of the factors where you definitely want to look India uh, to, to because of the labor, the kind of government support, the land cost, everything, you know, the overheads. So that a thought came to them that you know something to start in India, uh, in Ahmedabad specifically, uh, you know the Gujarat state is very much welcoming for all the foreign investors. Uh, it's like placed in a way it has easy norms, uh, you know, to get your land part done. Deals can get done easily. Okay. So they 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 uh, they uh, you know just came with that thought in two thousand eight they purchased the land. And then, so I joined MNIL Ahmedabad uh, in, uh, in 2010, exactly after a year. Mm-hmm. And that point of time, yeah.
0: And so your, your role at MNIL, was that always on the sourcing no. and supply management side? No.
1: So my progress at MNIL has been very fascinating uh, because prior to joining MNIL, I had no pharmaceutical background. Hmm. I come moreover from the sales and marketings of telecom financial products and all, as I mentioned in the earlier call, Uh, you know, but then I traveled to us in 2009, I, I got an opportunity to to meet the founders. Uh, They said that, you know, we are looking for something, someone like you who can, uh, you know, really take the company to the next level. I said, I'm going to give a try because, had no idea how pharmaceutical things works, what's it all about, because I'm purely from the business background.
0: Uh, So that must have been a steep learning curve for you. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. So I I joined in 2010 May, uh, when it was just a barren land in Ahmedabad. uh, And then uh, I started my career at MNIL in managing the logistics uh, you know, because that was some, some one of the area to get into the company, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because on all the other areas, you need some kind of a scientific background, uh, you know, and all those things. So I was not the one who was having that. So I started working as a logistics, uh, we were just a team of three people. Uh, There was one procurement, just a basic procurement person. One uh, is the leader who's still working here and then myself. So three of us were there. We were sourcing everything which was required uh, right from the indirect procurement, direct procurement, API, impurity, chemicals, everything. And it was like hardly three products we were working on that point of time so mm-hmm. that was not much of work so that gave us some room to develop ourselves you know it gives you some time we used to go and attend some seminars, uh, things like that some private events uh kind of reading all this USB compliance part and then everybody like including formulation uh, development team regulatory everyone was so accessible. So it gave us little time for us to develop that kind of a knowledge uh, uh, thing that, Mm -hmm. you know, we can be ready for the future role.
0: How many products does Amnil produce today? At this point of time, we have
1: uh, 350 plus products in the US market. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we talk about the IMS data, we are fifth largest generics in US. Uh, You know, we, we... If we talk about the volumes, we are second largest in generics. And if you talk about the pending ANDAs, which are to be approved, we are number one in US. We have more than 100 ANDAs still pending for the approval. That's the only first generic company who was exclusively invested in R&D. Like back till 2018, our more than... 30% of our revenue were spent on only Mm R&D because we always wanted to make sure that we are ahead of the game. Uh, You know, at one point of time, when you have your commercial products, the life is very short in generics. When you have more than five, six players, you are done with that product. So the vision was very clear. We wanted to be there up on the curve uh, and making sure every year we come up with at least 15 new product launches, Right. Uh, yeah
0: so that must have been a real change in how you operate from just three products to to over Absolutely. 300 yeah Fr- yep. from from a sourcing procurement point of view what were those milestones in, in in your journey as as like presumably a much larger team than you were before oh yeah
1: uh, so right now we are a total team of 70 people in wow. india you know that takes care of direct and indirect procurement both So I represent the direct procurement where I am responsible to source the generic APIs, uh, excipients, packaging components, uh, chemicals. And then in a way, it's like a strategic sourcing right from the day when the product, the new project gets into the pipeline, our work starts right from sourcing the vendor, getting three vendors, uh, samples for the qualification, checking their track record with regards to the fda how the overall audits have been uh, you know then uh, then making the physical visits to check the overall compliance aspects so the entire cycle of sourcing uh, you know under my belly uh, mm-hmm. and i have been working this uh, in this role along with logistics and sourcing of key supply materials it's been a like all three different areas uh, all three are under uh, my portfolio so in a way I've been fortunate for me the journey was very interesting because we had no idea what kind of a documents are required when you are filing a product in US uh, uh, we were just learning through how the information floated on the internet we made our own SOPs over a period of time we we kept on changing as, as and when it was required uh, first uh, FDA audit happened to Mnil India facility back in 2012 uh, after the inception like the plant got ready in 2011 Mm -hmm. uh, and the FDA came late 2011 December. So we got the audit cleared and that point of time we had like five products ready to go. Uh, All of a sudden we started realizing oh because we were not really sure if the audit will pass really well in the first go you know although we work very hard to make sure that we comply but yeah we had experience in operating in US you know because it was already six years the company was operating in US so Mm -hmm. all those information has been extremely helpful but still it's kind of an achievement to get the clearance. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: As you've as you've grown and the the team the team has increased, the complexities increased. Oh, what yes. types of technologies have you been using for your procurement team to help yeah. to help manage everything?
1: Sure. So uh, initially, in back in until two thousand twelve or thirteen, we were working on a very basics like Excel sheet purchase orders. There was a manual tracking of the records and things like that, because uh, that was not something a really established tool. Uh, those days were also different. You had very limited resources, things like that. Uh, then we 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 launched JD Edwards back in 2013, realizing that we have to synchronize well, keeping our uh, you know uh, keeping compliance point of view in the mind how the purchase orders and everything should go. So we we launched uh, JD Edwards in India in 2013, and I was also in a steering committee. Uh, you know, to design the procurement module, what should cover, uh, how the accounting should happen, what's the GL code stuff and how the coding and everything should be done, keeping an India statutory requirement in mind. Uh, so that point of time, we launched JD AdWords. And now, uh, you know, we, we realize every two years, we upgraded JD by adding more and more features. Uh, you know, now, now we need some SOX compliance, which is very important. We being public limited company have to have those kind of compliance in the module. Uh, the vendor code comparison, uh, you know, all those things are coming. Recently, we are developing Coupa now. That is okay. exclusively, yeah, we, we are in a process to implement the Coupa system and it is expected to be Uh, launch sometime in quarter 1-24. So we are designing that module, keeping the current uh, requirement of procurement because procurement is huge right right now. Back, uh, if if I talk about just seven or eight years ago, the India procurement was hardly about 25 million. It's 350 million right now. Hmm. Uh, I'm just talking about the rough numbers close to 5-10% plus minus based on the uh only and that is only for the direct procurement
0: you yep, know. Yep. So, so so with that, yeah so yeah the idea would be what to run rfps and everything through cooper
1: yeah 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 that's what the plan is we want to float out the rfq um you know uh, rfis through cooper and then we are also targeting to give some access to the vendors so they can also pop into the system and see how their payments are Going, you know, if there is something, this is mainly because it's getting very difficult for us to uh, uh to manage this administrative work. That's that's so much yeah. of time to keep a track of because you know it's more than twenty five thousand purchase orders being released. It's it's way too much to handle with uh, with the size of team yeah. we have. And then obviously we do believe if we don't implement this technology right now, what will Take away the productive time into this administrative work, you know. Sure. So uh, this is one of the objective. Yeah.
0: Great. Where do you find your suppliers from? Because obviously you're working across lots of lots of different categories, you know, APIs through yeah. to packaging and every, and everything else. How does the approach? How does your approach vary from category to category? And what sure, advice sure. would you have for anyone who's looking to to procure in these different areas?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I will just give you a little more comparison how it was and how it is now. Back then, like till 2015 or 16, the complex generics portfolio was not very much extended at MNL. We started working on a complex generics uh, after 2016 or 17. Until then, it was all a commodity products. When it's a commodity product, is like IBU or metformin or gabapentin or naproxen. Those are very much like a, a painkillers kind of stuffs so, or uh, mm-hmm. those, those kind of therapeutic categories, which was not really difficult because the moment you put it on API, it's very easy. You go on a FDA database and look whose uh, vendors are already having a DMF you get the list of those vendors that this vendor have the DMF already filed. That helps us to reach out to them. And then we check how are they placed, uh, if they have all the regulatory documents available to support. We ask for three lot samples for uh, initial testing and then the IP comes into a picture, check and confirm. And then we used to go. It's no more a game now because Mnil is no longer into a commodity product. It's all like the shift uh, is completely on the injectable. That's that's where the complexity uh, city is high. You know. Okay. Uh, so what we do is right now uh, we are working on some of the exclusive formulations. Our objective is to be in top three. Um, you know, either a five five B two product, or we try to uh, you know take the C G T product. You know, C G T is like a competitive generic therapy where you are the first one for one hundred and eighty days in generic segment. Uh, once the pat- patent is expired, you know, so we're targeting those products, and the planning, everything happens like at least two years ago. Like we already know that this is the patent is going to expire, and we start our backward integration accordingly. So uh, yeah, so we know, uh, uh, you know, with all those experience, we've developed those database within the system. Uh, you know, at least, uh, and it's a manual kind of a word that we keep on adding every time we come across. Let's say if I'm meeting and you mentioned I Rushab, I've got six therapy, therapeutic APIs. We convert your PDF into Excel and see um, if it can be utilized in future. Obviously we take the uh, some of the paid consultations as well. Uh, when it's an exclusive need, we know that there are very limited players in the market. So, and then we have our own market intelligence team sitting in US. Uh, You know, they before the project is rolled out, they know at least one or two players who can be a potential partner. Uh, So, yeah, so all this information comes to us and then we start our screening. If we don't find them suitable in terms of the pricing, the lead time, and all those things are in the regulatory or in quality side, then we try to see if we can work with any of the existing player prominent fda approved facility can develop exclusively for us uh, you know because mm. sometimes what happens you uh, some of the molecules you may find uh, it, it's it's rare in the market that's where the issue for the com- complex generics so we work on those exclusive supplier agreements with them uh, either on a royalty based or keeping some milestone for first three uh, first three years based on what profit we make, uh, you know. So that's how we 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 develop more than currently the complex generics are more than forty five products right now in progress. Uh, mm-hmm. You know where we are working with all those vendors. So we take the in nutshell we take the help uh, of the existing supplier, our own database our market intelligence team and the, uh, you know, the Google, uh, all the other platforms where you can find out at least the basic information.
0: Sure. And so the market intelligence team, that sort of, is that part of R and D or is it, it feels like that's in between R and D and procurement?
1: Yeah. So mainly what we have the uh, here uh, at MNIL, we have portfolio and business development team is under one umbrella. Uh, so what they do is when they come up with something, uh, any particular project, uh, you know, they also know what's the market look like, how many players are targeting to file in US. They have a basic set of information. Mm. Uh, with the pro- product development cycle, let's say if it's 15 months, they also know after 15 months, if we launch the product, how many players we will be competing with, with, you know, Mm -hmm. something a very, uh, like a first glance, then our company CEO makes the decision based on the infrastructure availability, based on the CapEx investment, uh, based on the R&D expertise and everything. And then we pick that particular product.
0: And how important is cost in all this versus versus other metrics other other kpis because we're, we're at a time of high global inflation and and Absolutely. huge you know cost cost pressure what's what's your experience of that currently
1: cost is extremely important for us uh, look uh, post covid things have changed significantly you know mm. uh it was there pre-covid as well but it wasn't tough like this what it is today uh, for us right now, in January, especially we being one market company in US, cost is everything for us right now. Obviously, it doesn't mean that it derates the quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we are not a company, we have a zero track record with regards to the FDA issues. Uh, fantastic quality. So cost is certainly one of the first factor that we look at right now before, uh, you know, taking any project ahead. It's exact, how, you,
0: yeah. how 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 are you um, balancing that? You know the need the need for high quality, but also to to drive down the costs. How, how are you how are you managing that process?
1: So uh, currently, what are we doing is that we uh, are working uh, most of our projects with a very limited uh, vendors. Talking about the API vendors, we have not really extended uh, like one product with one vendor, we have like six, seven products with one vendor. So Mm -hmm. a particular basket, it helps you to leverage your support to me when I'm developing a new product. You know what I'm saying in R&D, obviously, the cost of you will not have any volumes, it's a very small volume product. Uh, so we are working like with one vendor, we have six or seven products of basket. And mm-hmm. we always seek their support during R&D for the pricing. Because when you file the product, you want to keep your budget very low. Uh, you you don't want to end up spending so much money because some of the products also ne- required some bio studies or something. So your product uh, overall value of the project execution is way too high.
0: Where possible, working with a s- smaller group
1: yeah, yeah.
0: at a at a higher volume. That's right is that proving effective at the moment?
1: Yeah uh, it was till 2020. it's no longer a game now because everybody' yes. is looking, everybody is looking for the money right from the day they are selling a first gram of their product you know so mm-hmm. so right now what we are doing is that we uh, we are doing some MNAs. we are trying to purchase some of the exclusive products that are being developed by the other players but for some or other reason, uh, they are not able to launch the product, so mm-hmm. we are buying those dosiers uh, straight away, and then you know it's just like buying the dosier, make a payment on a milestone basis, uh, and then we launch the product, and then we share some of the grid profit or something like that. This is we are talking about on a very specialty generics mm-hmm. uh, where. If I develop the product, it's gonna take good two years of time. The entire development takes its own time, plus the regulatory filing timelines and all. So rather, we look for somebody who needs the help of little bit on the R&D side to get through the product, uh, you know, something like that. So yeah, okay. yeah. So we do MNAs as well. We uh, we we make our own uh, formulations as well. It's it's like uh, it depends on what size and a value-based products, molecules, uh, you know, we, we decide to work. Makes so sense. there are quite a few strategies across uh, the procurement as well as uh, uh, the overall project execution cycle.
0: How are you finding the current regulatory pressure on pharmaceutical companies to, to have the drugs they manufacture in the country. So I'm thinking about U.S. Senate pressure at the moment. Uh, Macron just announced that France is yeah. going to be doing the same thing. Does that cause any issues for you?
1: Regulatory has been a complete nightmare, Luke. Let me tell you, it mm. has been a very difficult journey to keep up uh, uh, you know, with them. Talking about my most of my experiences with the FDA, Uh, with the US only because we have not been much exposed in the other countries until Mm -hmm. now which we are doing now you know so talking about US FDA uh, somewhere they always we find I don't know uh, what's wrong with them but we always find some dual kind of approach Uh, if they because I don't know if you know recent uh, issue with the Sun Pharma with the Intas all these Indian companies Mm -hmm. where they have given a 483 they have given import alert but that still continued the supply of 14 cancer medicines which is in need of us you know so it's the same plan where, where they banned 15 products but they did not uh, close down other 14 products because that's needed in the us market yeah i don't yeah. know you know so regulatory has been ex, ex, uh, you know is it, been a tough uh, and and we try to uh, like you know, the, the nature of the leaders are such that we and we we really don't make any loopholes to, uh, you know, to get the whole product or a plant into a question. So most of the time we are ahead of game. We've got a fantastic track record, more than 86 FDA audits in last nine years um, without any major 483s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it takes us so much of your investment. You have to have the experts on board. Uh, you know your systems, your compliance part, your portals, the uh, the batch manufacturing records. It's 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 like so much to do. We would love to spend on those requirements. If you are making money, <laughs> it's but at the end of the day, the results are not that great. You know, you uh, you end up with like ten or fifteen percent of the market share. And after one year, when they have two or three new entrants, your pricing have to be really, uh, you know, it, it goes further down by 10%. So it's like for sake of product, you are just keeping in the shelf. It's not really an interesting molecule. Uh, yeah. That's that's the overall feel of generic markets right now. I'm talking about oral solid segment. Obviously, we also have the injectables, uh, you know, where we are doing very pretty decent. Uh, we have the injectables, which we uh, largely... Uh, sell it off to all the institutional business in US. So Mm -hmm. we go to the hospitals and across we try to penetrate market right from that particular segment uh, where it's a critical healthcare solution. It's not a commodity product. But this is like oral solid. We still need it because the size of Ahmedabad, the employee ratio is 5000 people working here right now. Uh, and we've got a big plants, we have to keep the plants running to control the overheads and things like that.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, and and you were saying that cell and gene therapy is, is a, a fast-growing segment for you. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. We are, perhaps, uh, if my data is not wrong, uh, you know, the critical healthcare solutions, talking about the biosimilars, the way uh, we see the future, that's where we are investing huge right now. We are the first company to, uh, who has filed the biosimilars with our own in-house expertise. Uh, in three years, we got three approvals last year, we were the only company in US generic segment to get a three biosimilars approval in one year. Because some of the companies like Dr. Reddy's, uh, uh, you know, uh, companies like uh, uh, Kabi and all they take they spend so much so many years us to develop the company and then, uh, you know, come up with their own formulations. Usually they give up during the R&D only because of the cost or the complexity and all those things.
0: I wonder if you could just share any advice for others who are in procurement and sourcing. Are there any top tips you could share, please, about how to be more effective, more innovative and manage costs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. This would be moreover for the uh, for the manufacturers uh, manufacturers are based in india uh, and if their target is the is the us market do do the business i would say that you may need to relook into the complete landscape of uh, the us business right now what it was and what it is now i don't feel that uh, unless you have a molecule which is like one of a kind of a product or if you are entering into First, top three, then it, it makes totally sense for you to work on those projects right now. But if you already know there are four or five players, I would suggest to revisit the entire financials any your project cycle, your approval timeline, your launch timeline, and then make a decision. Sometimes what happens, we hear that this product is in the shortage, but it doesn't remain in shortage for so long. People start working on those molecules. By the time they come to the commercials, there are the shortage is already over and there, there are two or three more players. So it's very important to do the complete homework right from your regulatory path, uh, your overall readiness to launch the product, the timelines, and of course, the cost. It, it's, it's very important because mm-hmm. we I feel that uh, U.S. generics is not something going to change at least for another four or five years unless you do not have a complete diversified portfolio of a mm-hmm. value and a volume metrics, uh, you know, you might want to give a second chance. Or if you are extremely cash rich and you just want to do with your passion, then then it's, it's something that you can
0: continue to do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a really interesting discussion.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Luke, and uh, hoping to see you sometime uh, this
0: year. Yeah, absolutely. See you on PharmaSource. If you work in procurement in the pharma or biotech industry, then why not register to PharmaSource, a private members community designed to connect you with peers, share best practices, and discover new suppliers. Head over to pharmaSource.global for your free membership.